the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Arthur Idala on AM 970. The answer. This is the Arthur Idala Power Hour with quintessential New Yorker attorney Arthur Idala, New York's go-to lawyer. He's here to share his stories from in the courtroom and around the city with interviews from high-profile guests and everyday folks calling in to talk about everything from politics, lifestyle, health and wellness, and more. And now your host, making the case for the city he loves, attorney Arthur Idala. local 6:05 p.m. Wow, this was a week. It was a week, I'm sure for all of us. Um let's face it, even though the weather is nice, it's actually beautiful. Uh you know, it's back to reality. It's uh, I call it having a summer hangover. It was rough um getting back into the groove depending on what your 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 work schedule is. Um but, you know, Tuesday and Wednesday I remember looking at myself at some point on Wednesday. I think I went into the men's room. I looked in the mirror. I'm like, you've been here for a day and a half, and you've gotten nothing done. Now, it's not like I was partying or, or, or kibitzing in, in the other room. It just it's, it just takes a little while. And, you know, um, those of you who know, my mom was a teacher for 40 years. My sister's currently a teacher. I'm afraid to think of how long she's been a teacher. But they always say... It takes these kids like a long time uh, after the summer break to get back into the school schedule. Uh, that's why with Luca, who's actually inside taking a nap, see, this first week got to him as well, uh, beginning of junior high school. Um, I make him like do these little workbooks, you know, even if it's two or three times a week just to keep that brain going. But um, last night, I, uh, I, after the show, we, um, which I thoroughly enjoyed with Rosanna Scotto, I have another clip of that, um, all new stuff that we're going to talk about, we're going to air next week. Um, she, was, she was just a, a quintessential New Yorker, that's for sure. Um, we took Lino out for a, um, a libation. Um, I had a, a tasty seltzer with lemon, and um, uh, it was his birthday. And then um, I went over to a place in Midtown and booked our special holiday party, which um, I'll be talking about as the uh, the day grows closer. But it's going to be a, a several parties all wrapped up in one. And then I came back to the office. I got back here at like 9.15, and I stayed here until about 1.15, uh, just, just kind of getting organized. I mean, I had to read some motions. We have a big federal case that uh, that's coming up on September the 28th. I need to be prepared for. We signed up a bunch of new um, personal injury cases. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm the one who, like, kind of brings in a lot of these per- personal injury cases. But Imran, who you guys hear, listen to here at AM 970 on Thursday evenings, he's the one who really tries them, although there's a couple of big ones in the hopper we may try together. But, you know, I, I've, I've learned so much from him 
Um, so now I'm learning the world of personal injury, and, and I have a lot of great mentors in that field, um, Dominic Recchia and Billy Santo and, and Peter Thomas and Louis Grandelli, and these are guys who are really excellent in the world of, of uh, personal injury. But a lot of times people want that, that personal touch, number one, and they want a trial lawyer. And if there's one thing that um, I can, I'm able to say that I know how to do is try a case. When I um, tried Lawrence Taylor's um, civil case, um, it was a civil case, a federal civil case. And at the end of the whole trial, where we were very, very successful in 45 minutes, we got the verdict that we wanted. Shortly thereafter, I saw um, the, the trial judge. And uh, she came, we were chit-chatting in a social situation. And I said, you know, Your Honor, I want to apologize. I said, you know, I, I, that was the first civil case I've ever tried. I didn't know what I was doing. And she's just sheepishly smiling. She's like, Arthur, you know how to try a case. Openings are openings. Direct examinations are direct examinations. Cross-examinations are cross-examinations. And summations are summations. And you know how to connect with the jury. And that's why you received the verdict that you did in 45 minutes. Um, and so I'm, you know, I was talking to Billy Santo, um, who's like my big brother, this morning about because he's he focuses only on civil law and here we do we do both like a lot of both um this morning i had my friend uh who's involved in a big like millions and millions of dollars civil dispute um up here reviewing his case um and then i met with someone who had a bad bad fight with his wife and she called 911 and it's a criminal case like you know and billy was like you know how do you how does your brain go in those two directions it's really not that complicated. It's your, it's your, you're being an advocate, and one you're being an advocate in one forum, and the other you're being an advocate in another forum. Yes, there was, there were. It's more about the procedural rules than the rules of evidence. The rules of evidence are very, very similar uh, in criminal and civil in the state court, and then in the federal court. Um, it's more of like how you file certain motions, when you file motions, and things of that nature. But you know, it's this is the like the way the kids went off to school in the world of the law, or at least in our world of the law here at ABK, Idola Bertuna and Cammons. This is like the, the new semester. And there is an energy to it and there's a vivaciousness to it. And um, I'm going to tell you, you know, I'm pr- I'm proud. I, and I say that in a very humble way, but I am. I, I am proud looking at this. The end of the week, it's Friday night. It's 610 uh, in, in New York. And I am sitting, um, you know, on 45th Street and 5th Avenue in a very prestigious location on the planet Earth. I'm surrounded with lawyers and assistants to lawyers who I have the utmost respect to and for, I should say. And, um, you know, I kind of built all of this up from really, uh, you know, look, I can't say nothing because I had unbelievable grandparents and unbelievable parents. And I had a father who was a lawyer and I had a grandfather, my mom's dad, who was a lawyer. So it's not from nothing, but I didn't go in, you know, the law firm wasn't I dollar, I dollar, I dollar. Um, you know, I basically did my own thing. The reason why I'm bringing this up is today is a big anniversary for me personally. And for those people right around me, and we're going to do a part of the show about that anniversary. Um, it was an event that changed, it absolutely changed the trajectory of my life. Um, and for the better, even though I didn't achieve the result that I wanted to achieve. But I'm going to talk about what that, what this anniversary is in a moment. But 
you know, I, I everything is relative, but no one here at this law firm is getting rich financially. We're all very comfortable, but no one's, you know, no one's buying a yacht or anything like that. Right. I mean, we don't have Sambolino kind of money, um, but, you know, we're, we're doing well. But I will tell you what we're doing. We're really helping people. And I don't say that lightly. Even yesterday, um, you know, I, we had Alan Dershowitz up here and he's in the middle of a case. He's 84 years old. His birthday was last week and he's fighting for his reputation. And in his mind, and I understand that, he's fighting for his life. Um, and and he's chosen us, and we take that so seriously, to, to be his advocates, to be his representative. This morning, when I had my friend up here, who we represented his father on a criminal matter, and now he's got this huge multi-million dollar civil matter, and he said, this is what he says to me, think about this pressure. He says, my family put... Our, my father's life in your hands 12 years ago, and you did right by him, and now I'm putting my life in your hands because this is my financial life having to do with my family. And the fact that I've created an environment that people come to us for help, that really makes me happy because I've always wanted to help people. That's been my driving force. It hasn't been money. It hasn't been fame. It hasn't been notoriety. It's been to help people. And I will tell you when that started. It started when my mom took me to New York City Councilman Sal Albanese's office. Uh, He was the councilman in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn for an internship when I was 15 years old. I believe it was between sophomore and junior year in high school. And I helped a, a woman on a Friday night get a pothole fixed on her block that she was very concerned about. And the gratification that I got from helping that woman has never left me. Um, And it drove me to make a very major decision. In 1996, I made the decision to leave the district attorney's office where I was having a blast, where I was learning so much about the law and about being a trial attorney. And I was surrounded with people who to this day are my closest friends, to this day are my mentors. And I said, I'm going to resign and I am going to run for New York City Council because Councilman Albanese is going to run for mayor and uh, Sal Sal was leaving the office and I was going to run in the Democratic primary and I did. And I was 29, I was 28 when I made the decision. I was 29 when I, when I ran and it was 25 years ago today was election day and 25 years ago right now, 615, I was running from subway stop to subway stop and handing out flyers, begging people to go vote, vote for Idala, vote for Idala, vote for Idala. I had where I, that, that campaign and my bar exam were the two things in life that I could remember I worked the hardest at. Um, and I was very successful at the bar exam. I, uh, we're going to talk next to my campaign manager and my campaign consultant to talk about what happened. But I met some great, great people along the way, and it set me on the path to form this law firm. So don't go anywhere. We're going to be right back, and we're going to talk to my campaign guys. So if you live in New York, this really applies to you. And when I say that, because there's people who are listening to this all over the country, but especially New Jersey and Connecticut, and if you're a New Jersey or Connecticut resident, I am not speaking to you directly right now. Because this is a law that specifically goes into effect on January the 1st, 2023. So in just a few months. Um, 
if your loved one needs home care benefits, the law governing home care benefits in New York is scheduled to change the beginning of 2023, January 1. All 2023 financial transactions 30 months prior to the application for benefits will be scrutinized and subject to penalty periods, including gifts to family members. So basically what they're going to do is they're going to see, you're going to ask to get some help from the government, and they're going to see, well, what have you done with your money? And if you've given all your money away to someone else, uh, to a family member, they're going to say, no, 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 no. You're not entitled to family benefits. We're going to take that money back. Go ask your son or your daughter or whomever you gave that money to to help you uh, pay for these these home care benefits. But there's time now, between now and December 31st, to prepare and set things up financially so that if, God forbid, you do need home care benefits, you will be eligible. Um, there's no better place to go than Connors and Sullivan. You hear me talk about them every day since I've been on the air. They're the attorneys that I send people to when they need help in this area of law. They are experts and they can help you get in and make your financial plans under this deadline of December 31st, 2022. But you must start the process as soon as possible before the start of December to complete all the paperwork by the end of the year. So call our friends at Connors and Sullivan today. Don't delay. 718-238-6500. That's 718-238-6500. Tune in to the Papa Report with John Papa. We have a, a saying on our whiteboard, educate and empower people so that they can make better decisions with their hard-earned money. And we live by that strategy. Securing your financial future. What is the purpose of your retirement plan? We want to find out, is it to go travel? Is it to go see the grandkids? Tune in to the Papa Report, Saturdays at 9 a.m. and Sundays at 1 p.m., right here on AM 970, The Answer. All of us come from somewhere. All of us have origin stories. From executive producer Larry Elder. Divine Providence was clearly operating in the lives of black Americans. And director Justin Malone. When I was growing up, we were never taught that America was bad. We were raised to love America. Comes the continuation of their 2020 hit film, Uncle Tom. Uncle Tom Part 2, an American odyssey. Available on Salem Now. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. The Arthur Idala Power Hour is sponsored in part by the good people at Freehold Mitsubishi in Freehold Township, New Jersey. America's been thunderstruck by the all-new 2022 Mitsubishi Outlander. Get high style without the high price, plus an industry-leading 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain limited warranty. Drive one today at Freehold Mitsubishi for the best selection and outstanding customer service. Just a short ride from anywhere in the metro tri-state area. Visit FreeholdMitsubishi.com or call Results of the election <laughs> just yet, <laughs> Sam Bellino. We you know we're supposed to, isn't this what you call on radio a tease? Like, oh, let's see what happened with the election. 
So um, this is Arthur Idala uh, at a very special 25th anniversary from the Idala for City Council campaign report. And I just gonna, I just thought it would be interesting on a Friday night on your way home or where you're cooking dinner, just to hear what it's like, at least what it was like 25 years ago, because it's definitely different now. Um, there, there were barely cell phones. There was no barely internet. There was dial-up, and then you'd go on the big computer. There were no laptops. Um, Maybe they were laptops, but they were nothing, nothing like today. Um, uh, there was no social media; it didn't exist. Um, so here's what happens: I'm in the DA's office. Sal Albanese announced he's going to run for. He's the city councilman in my district. I had worked for him for several summers. We were friends. We were. We go out to dinner, and there's a whole Sal Albanese crew I would hang out with, and it was a big part of my life back then. Uh, my brother Gene O'Donnell, the late Fred Malley, Tony Carlina, Grace Cameron. It was great. It was, it was a lot of fun. And Sal did a lot, a lot of good work. And downstairs from Sal's office was the Bay Ridge Manor. Well, guess who owned the Bay Ridge Manor? Marty Golden. Marty Golden, who was, I don't know, 15 years my senior. Um, and uh, he was clearly involved with the community. And what he had that I definitely didn't have was money. A lot of it. Um, I was in the DA's office. I was making, like, oh, Heinz just gave me a raise. I think I was making, when I left, I, I, right as I left, he gave me a raise of like $60,000. I, I, I didn't have money. Before that, I was making thirty. Um, And I decided I'm going to run for city council. And I'm sorry, yes. And so this is like ooh, November or something like that. I still had to try a couple of big cases. I tried the first murder in the first degree case in the state of New York alongside Joe Alexis. He was the lead. I was the second chair, but um, we got a conviction, and sadly, a young man who killed a young man wound up being sentenced to life in prison without parole. Um, my last case was with my best, best, best friend, Josh Hanshaft. Um, we, it was a, a hom- like attempted murder in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn, right in the neighborhood where I was going to, um, to run. So, and then I go to my buddy, Josh Leitner. I said, I'm going to run. He goes, you got to talk to my buddy, John, my brother, John, he's around the world of politics. And I'm pretty sure it was John who said, well, you got to meet this guy named Scott Levinson. He's currently, uh, the chief of staff to Mark Green, who is the, um, uh, the public advocate at the time, but he has a, uh, another company called the advance group, um, whose motto I think was plan your work and work your plan. Um, and I met Scott, I met John Sylvan from the global strategy group who they had like just formed and now they're this powerhouse. I'm going to dinner with him in two weeks. Um, and that's when I said running that race changed the, really, really changed the trajectory of my life. And I think it does for many people who run for office and are successful in the way they run their campaign. And, um, so I'm going to start off by bringing in Scott Levinson, who's been a, a dear friend um, and a supporter of mine. I mean, two of the biggest cases I ever tried after, after the election, which was Abe Hirschfeld, the, the multi-multi-millionaire who was who, uh, accused of hiring a hitman to kill uh, his business partner. Scott Levinson got that, got that case for us or put me in front of him. And Bridget Harris, who may be on the show soon who was, um, she uh, was being abused by her father and, and 
she killed him and, and through Scott, I got that case. And that was one of the highlights of my career because I really helped another human being. And, you know, Scott is just like a buddy. Like we go out and we have dinner and not often enough, but we definitely get to hang out. So I would like to welcome from the advanced group, the president of the advanced group, although he's about to hand it off to his son sooner than later, which makes me so proud because Sebastian was a little, little, little amoeba when we met 25 years ago. Scott Levinson. Hello, Scott. Evening, Arthur. How are you? Happy anniversary. Thank you, brother. Right now, you were in campaign headquarters, and I, I know you still kick yourself in the butt because uh, by 6, 6.30, there were, so many, there were people who were already coming back from stops, bus stops and train stops, and you, you were always like, I should have just thrown them back out on the street to find a couple of more votes. But, Scott, I still remember the diner where you and I sat the first time, where I met you the first time. It was somewhere around City Hall. And um, that was almost 26 years ago. And uh, just tell me, Scott Levinson of the Advanced Group, you know, your recollections of 25 years ago and that campaign for you. You've run hundreds, well, I, is hundreds an exaggeration of campaigns at this point? No, it's not an exaggeration at all. And what's actually kind of remarkable 25 years later is, you know, let's do something different on this show. Let's talk about Arthur. And, you know, the truth. <laughs> The truth of the matter is you were a great candidate. You know, you possessed, you know, at that first meeting, all those skill sets. You know, you were able to grasp complicated issues and put them into regular people speak. You were able to connect with the electorate in a genuine way, just like you are today. You had political will. Um, and the willingness to do hard work, and you have X Factor, right? There's something electric about Arthur Idala, and all of those things that are very, very rare uh, to happen in one human being was clear from the get-go. This is not a paid advertisement. This is not a paid advertisement. No, I think, I mean, the other... Yin-yang to that is it certainly made us overconfident. I don't think any of us ever thought for a moment that we weren't going to win. And well, it was interesting. Was, Remember, uh, you told me we needed to find a campaign manager, and there was that one, there was like one young Italian kid who you had found, and he seemed like he was okay, but then he kind of like flaked out on us. And um, I, I, like, we were a little nervous, like, okay, we need someone to like, be on the ground because you were running a couple of other campaigns and you had a full, right? Weren't you also the full-time chief of staff to Mark Green? I was chief of operations to Mark Green in a conflict of interest ruling that one would never be able to get today. I was <laughs> um, able to run a political consulting firm while I was chief of operations. And uh, this was one of the, you know, couldn't take on a, a full client load, but you were one of those special races because you weren't the regular Democratic candidate. You know, in a lot of ways, you did not have that regular Democratic old school club support. Well, we and didn't have the club the support. They, they they were supporting a, a – so, so so folks know – right. So it was a, it was a three-person race for the Democratic primary. It was – myself a, a, an italian american male it was cody mccone an irish american male and it was joanne her name at the time was joanne lehu but when she decided to That's run she, 
She all of a sudden, and then they said, oh, well, you, it, your name is too big for the ballot, Seminary Lehu. So Lehu disappeared, and she, she took on her father's name, uh, which was her maiden name, Joanne Seminara. But, st- like, if you look at it, there were two men and one woman, so that hurt me. There were two Italians and one non-Italian, so that hurt me. And because I was in the district attorney's office, I wasn't able, I was handcuffed for those years. I mean, I was working, but they were much more out in the community. Uh, but... We wound up putting up a pretty a pretty good fight, Scott Levinson. Wouldn't you agree? I actually, you know, saw you as so qualitatively above the field. No disrespect at all to Joanne or, or Cody. Uh, that you know, before he gets on, let's you know all call it like we all know it's true. The loss is clearly Chuck's fault. <laughs> we all know it. So let me oh, fill in the blank. So so Scott had this whole plan laid out, but we really needed someone to implement the plan. And I had a dear friend in Washington, D.C., who was involved slightly in the world of politics. Um, and it shows you how the world has changed. He told me to come down there, and he wanted me to talk to me. So I drive all the way down to D.C. because he's going to give me a check. He gave me a check, and I'm not complaining at all. It was the first check. For 200 bucks for my campaign, which because of matching funds and he's in Washington, it didn't even match. So it was just 200 bucks. But Chuck, who was one of my dearest and closest friends from college, lived in that area. So I said, Chuck, I'm going to pass by and say a quick hello. I pass by, say a quick hello. I tell him what I'm doing. Um, this was the world of, I told him I needed a campaign manager, never thinking he's leaving DC. His hair was down to his lower back. Literally. I mean, he was like, he made Jesus Christ look like he had a crew cut. And, uh, I drive back to Brooklyn. And by the time I get to Brooklyn, in my little fax machine, it had the old like rolling paper fax machine. There was Chuck Thies' resume asking to be my campaign manager. Chuck Thies, you on the line with us? Yeah, I am here, and and before we get into the niceties and the pleasantries, I want to correct the record, Mr. Levinson, my dear friend, Scott Levinson. Um, uh, We actually did a rehash of this campaign about a week after the dust settled. Arthur had flown out to California to just get away. And and you and I, Scott, we we actually entertained – our mistake, and I'm sure you're going to remember this. They went negative. Joanne Seminara went negative on us, and you and last, I sat like across the last another, days. probably in that same diner, and we said, "Damn it, we didn't go negative. Always go negative." And I learned that lesson and have kept that lesson near and dear to my heart. Levinson, you got you anything to say about that? That was the fatal illness. That we didn't go negative on Joanne. Well, the thing was this. I didn't want to do that. That was, you know, I knew I had a long future. I was 29 years old. And if you guys remember, Mario and Nick, they did go a little negative in a very personal way, I think, the night before the election. But I didn't want to go negative. But I will tell you this. Let's get into the weeds for a second. You know what I thought was the tactical error, Chuck, was that we polled using our own call center. And we got overconfident as a result of not having a neutral poll. Well, the thing is this, though, Levinson, let me just let me just say this, because Mike Sabella, who's literally at this point, so shows you how close people are. He's sitting on the other side of the wall in my law office right now. And he and Dave Spring, 
uh, who I spent this past weekend okay. with. So it gives the listeners an idea how close these people were 25 years ago and then today. They came back into campaign headquarters at like 7 o'clock, and they're like, listen, we spoke to a 1,000 people today. Everyone's voting for Idala. Everyone, oh, yeah, we Everyone. know we got those dollar bills. Everyone. We're voting for so let me just give the listeners a little the little punchline um, on election night. So we were Chuck was lived with me. We worked. We I never worked harder in my life except maybe when I studied for the bar exam. But that was a cerebral difficulty. This was physical. We were up Mikey Beauvais seven o'clock in the morning. We were going to train stations. Then we were going to then we were going to. Uh, uh, schools where the people parents were dropping off kids then we were going to senior citizen center then chuck and i would like read the home reporter like it was the bible and um on election night after we worked our tail off all through the night on election night um we're all in the campaign headquarters and angelo morelli my uncle uh through through love um and chuck are looking at the the um the results and there's this area in Brooklyn called Bath Beach, and it's very Italian. And Chuck and Scott had said, that's where we're going to win. We are going to flood that place. And we did. We flooded it, and we won every single election district in there. And I'm looking over Chuck and, and Angelo's shoulder, and they I think there were seven or eight EDs. We won all of them, and I said, we lost. And Chuck, Angelo goes, what are you talking about? He goes, you won every one of them. I said, I know, but Chuck, look. We're winning by 12 votes, 18 votes. We needed to win here by 25 votes, 40 votes, whatever, yep. that, that kind of thing. And go on a little further in the night. God bless Cody McCone. He calls me on my cell phone, which back then, folks, this my cell phone was like the size of a shoebox. And uh, he's like, Archie, holy cow, you pulled it off. Congratulations, young man. You won the primary. I'm like, Cody, I think you better go back and count again. Because uh, I think we came up a little short. And then in a car pulls up Dominic Reccia, uh, soon-to-be Councilman Dominic Reccia. At the time, he was just my brother from another mother. And District Leader Mike Geller. And they're like, we're looking at the votes. They're too close. You can't concede. You can't concede. And Chuck is working an old-school calculator. And Angelo Morelli and, and, and Levinson is just walking around in circles saying, I should have thrown everyone out of here at 7 o'clock. There was two more hours for the votes. There was two more hours for the votes. Mikey Beauvais comes in like slaps me in the head and he goes, we didn't go Italian enough. We didn't go with Idala. He goes, you don't know if that's Arabic, if it's Greek, we didn't go Italian enough. And then, and the bottom, bottom line was because of Scott, because of Chuck and a hundred people who I literally can name, obviously my immediate family, but every, my friends from the DA's office, my, from people I met in Italy, everyone worked and worked that whole summer of 1997 in heat waves. And, I knew we left it all out there. There was we left it. We spent all the money that Lou D allowed us to spend with mailings. Chuck and I worked twenty four seven. Levinson was so hands on involved. And I think in anything you do in life, if you don't get the result that you want, as long as you could look yourself in the mirror, which I did the next day. That morning, we woke up. I mean, Chuck and I stayed out until the sun came up. But I looked in the mirror that next morning, and I said, dude, you did it all. I mean, I went through literally three pairs or four pairs of shoes, the soles of my shoes. I called in favors from everyone. And oh, when the all uh, – here's the punchline. After Chuck, thank God, he was so sweet, did two different recounts with Lou DeLauro, we came up 108 votes short out of, I believe it was 7,300 votes. Go ahead, Chuck. Let, 
let, let, let me let me let me add a little something that sort of wraps current events into this story because you mentioned uh, Scott mentioned the X factor. You had an X factor, but sometimes there's an X factor in a campaign, and it's outside the control of the campaign. And you also mentioned our mail budget because there was no internet in those days. You spent most of your money on mail. You spent it on other things, headquarters, door knockers, beer, whatever. But you spent most of your voter contact money on mail. And we didn't have as much money as our opponents. So we timed our mail. We decided the way that our mail would be the most effective would be to sort of hit all at once every other day for a couple of days and really just flood people's mailboxes so they had no choice but to pay attention to this. So it's Saturday night. You are out somewhere. It's Saturday night. I'm back home. We've had a long day campaigning. I'm watching Saturday Night Live. I'm looking at my TV and I'm like, why is Tom Brokaw on my TV? He's not on Saturday Night Live. And I had the volume down. So I go over and I turn it up and I'm like, oh, oh, we just threw away $100,000. All of our mail is going to be thrown out. No one's going to care about it. Why? Princess Princess Diana. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. She died. And so no one was paying attention to anything but that. That was a dominant news story the whole week that our mail was arriving. It was, and it that was, sort of it brings was, things contemporary it was huge. It was 25 it, it, years ago. Yeah, it was it was huge. Actually, I remember where I was. I was out. I was out like with volunteers, literally. Um, I think it was the restaurant at the time was called 101. And I said, come on, I'll take the eight dollars in my pocket and I'll buy you a beer. And then it popped up on the screen that yes, Princess Diana had died, and it was it was huge. Um, I also just want to talk real quick, and then we're going to take a break, just about the some of the the people. Uh, Go ahead, Scott, you're up. No, I, I just trying to give credit where credit is due. The thing you can't buy in a political campaign is the kind of commitment that folks like Chuck and the hundreds of other people made to the race. That's what made it close. It was that other X factor of the kind of commitment you had from folks like Trump. But I interrupted you. No, no, no. I mean, that's what the the relationship. Like Annette DeCola. Now she's Annette Lintieri, but back then she was Annette DeCola. She was going door to door. Remember, Chuck, when we did the petition drives? We, I mean, she was was an animal. On her and, her and Mario, her and Mario used to have competitions. Who could get more signatures in a night? Um, it was, it, look, in retrospect, it's really one of the highlights of my life. And people think it's weird because we didn't get the result that we achieved. And, I, and we're going to go to a commercial break right now, but here's how I'll end it. But I'm keeping you guys on so we could kibitz some more about current events. But I remember the night of the night itself. Well, we went to the Greek church, Holy Cross Church. Eric Katsumemos got us the, the little room there. And you guys told me, don't concede. But I hugged my dad and I said, Dad, I said, I lost. And he said, no, you didn't, Arthur. You won. You just don't realize it yet. And 25 years later, sitting here representing the likes of Helen Dershowitz and, and, and others and who I've really, really helped. Uh, if Mike Sabella comes in, see, see, I help you lose. I helped, I helped your life. But I, when we come back, I am going to tell you the biggest thing, and this is the truth, why that campaign changed my life. There's really no close second. So we're going to come back. We're going to talk about local campaigns here in the city of New York with Chuck Thies and Scott Levinson. Don't go away. We'll be right back.
Tonight on Radio Night Live, coming up at 7 o'clock, a very somber and historic moment in New York City. The passing of Queen Elizabeth and the commemoration of the 21st anniversary of the attacks of 9-11. Christine Nicholas, Kevin McCullough, and Gary Sinise, tonight at 7. This view was worth a hike. Right? And it's a good way to stay on top of my health. Yes. I'm Colaguard, a prescription colon cancer screening option for people 45 plus at average risk. Have you screened for colon cancer? Not yet. Don't wait. It's more treatable when caught in early stages. Tell me more. Colaguard is non-invasive and it's used at home. It detects altered DNA in your stool to find 92% of colon cancers. 92%? Yep, even those in early stages. This was seen in a clinical study with patients 50 and older. Any positive results should be followed by a diagnostic colonoscopy. False positive and negative results may occur. Colaguard is not a replacement for colonoscopy in high-risk patients. Do not use if you have had adenomas, have inflammatory bowel disease and certain hereditary syndromes, or a personal or family history of colon cancer. Most insured patients pay $0. Ask your provider or an online prescriber if Cologuard is right for you, or visit Cologuard.com. I'm in. Dak Prescott here. Why do I choose proven quality sleep from Sleep Number? Because better sleep elevates my game. Only my Sleep Number 360 smart bed helps me fall asleep faster, keeps me cool, and effortlessly adjusts for my best sleep. The result? 28 minutes more restful sleep a night. That's more focus, more edge, and more highlights. And that means more wins for all of us. Don't miss the final days of the biggest sale of the year. Save 50% on the Sleep Number 360 limited edition smart bed. Ends Monday. To learn more, go to sleepnumber.com. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the NFL. After a spectacular opening night win, the Orange revisit an old Big East series at Connecticut Saturday night. Our coverage of the Q's and UConn kicks off with Orange pregame Saturday at 6 on AM 970, The Answer. New York's home for Syracuse University football. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. Freehold Mitsubishi in Freehold Township, New Jersey, is proud to be an automotive leader in our area and sponsor of the Arthur Idala Power Hour. Mitsubishi dreamers, designers, and engineers are redefining choices in mobility for a whole new generation of independent, modern, and savvy consumers who want value, like the new redesigned 2022 Mitsubishi Outlander featuring its industry-leading Mitsubishi 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain limited warranty. Visit Freehold Mitsubishi today, freeholdmitsubishi.com, or call 732 863 We're back to the Arthur Idala Power Hour with New York City's preeminent trial attorney and quintessential New Yorker, attorney Arthur Idala. Well, we are talking about Brooklyn. 25 years ago today, I ran, it was election day for city council, and um, you know, Chuck Thies, who was my uh, direct on-the-ground campaign manager, he brought up the fact that 25 years later, uh, we were mourning the death of Queen Elizabeth, and I double-checked, so uh, August the 31st was when Princess Diana died, so Chuck's right, it was basically 10 days before the election, and... Look, Queen Elizabeth dying was kind of, you know, she's 96, but Diana dying was a, was a legitimate tragedy. So, you know, it's amazing how history repeats itself. Um, 
I do want to talk I, uh, for a second about Mike Beauvais, who was I was introduced by Mike. Mike, it shows you how we brought everyone together. My tutor when I was in poly prep was Mario Costantino. He brought me to Mike Beauvais. Mike Beauvais brought me to Assemblyman Anthony um, Genovese, who was like the, the the Pope. And I'm sitting on one side of Anthony Genovese, and well, Tony, and this real skinny guy comes in, who was a city councilman at the time, named Weiner. And he sits on the other side, and Wiener's looking around run for Congress the, the following year. And that's a relationship that I've had now with Anthony Wiener for 25 years. But I'm not 100% sure Chuck or Scott, who were really, we, we all three of us bled for this campaign, understand the impact that this had, this, this campaign had. Because what took place was we would put posters all over the place. As Chuck just said, there was no social media. So in the neighborhood, we would put posters up in the windows. And um, my next door neighbor, the guy by the name of Peter DeLuca said, I'll take you on 18th Avenue, which is the heart of Bensonhurst. And we'll go postering together. And as we're there, I'm, I meet a man who is one year younger than I am now. He's now 78, but he was 53 years old. And Peter DeLuca said to me, do you know Jerry Bertuna? And I was like, no. He goes, well, he owns Aldo Photo Studio. I go, oh, well, I know Aldo Photo. Well, his real name is Geraldo. I said, well, everyone knows Aldo Photo Studio because they take the photos for all the weddings, all the communions, confirmations, everything. And um, so Jerry took a... um, a bunch of my posters, and he had a Harley Davidson, and he said, I'm going to go up and down 18th Avenue. I know everyone, and I'm going to hang your posters. And I think that was my only encounter with Jerry Bertuna through the whole campaign. It was 10 minutes, maybe five minutes. Well, then two years later, I get invited to Peter DeLuca's wedding, and he sits me at a table, and he put he calls me ahead of time. He goes, do you want to sit with your parents? Or you want to sit at the singles table? I said, Peter, make whatever's easiest for you. And he put me at the singles table, and I'm there, and there was a woman dressed in a brown dress. I'll never forget it. And she said, excuse me, like an hour into the wedding, you're Arthur Idala, right? I said, yes. She's like, I have your card in my pocket. My dad helped you on your campaign. He's Jerry Bertuna from Aldo Photo Studio. And I said, oh. I said, well, what are you doing? She's like, I just finished my first year of law school. It was June the 19th of 1999. And she's like, well, I didn't really get a job. I said, okay, well, you're going to come and intern for me, at least for a little while. And that woman is now my wife, Marianne Bertuna. Marianne the interns, Arthur. Yeah. Listen, Chuck, that's the only way to stay out of trouble. If you marry them, you can't get jammed up. You can't get jammed up. But Marianne and I were together for a long – wait, i got to clear the record. Marianne and I were, were – interns and then she was my associate and then she was my partner for a very 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 long hole, time Arthur. you're digging for the a hole very deeper. long time until until romance deeper. inserted itself into the situation but um scott let me go to you for a second because you're still here in the heart of the city where chuck is down at dc um just give the the, the listeners a little idea of how running a local city council race has changed in the last 25 years i mean it's uh just a revolutionary change as in, you know, most of society, but it it really plays out in the localized nature of city council races. Social media and digital communication, cell phone communication is so rampant 
in the way we run races now, the use of computers and software and targeting and the ability to micro-target a niche market and micro-universes being identified with local issues is just so sophisticated now in ways that we were just had no technical resources to avail ourselves to 25 years ago. It did not exist. We were doing back-of-the-envelope targeting. We were counting IDs, which is still what you do in local campaigns. I mean, one yeah, Angelo, Mor- Angelo Morelli would have, Chuck, you remember Angelo Morelli had all of those um, walking charts for me, p- triple primes, people who had voted in like the last three primaries, oh, yeah. and he would send me out walking. Yeah, but the way you would do it then, but the way you would do it 25 years ago is you would buy the books, which right. were not done the same way the walk lists were done. You would have to cut up the books. Exactly what Angelo did. Those right. cut ups to walk blank piece of paper to get functional walking sheets. It was prehistoric in the technology that went into running a campaign. That said, the one thing that does not change is the need to determine a win number and be able to account to get to that number. Is there the same degree of hand-to-hand combat? I mean, Chuck and I were on the subways every morning and supermarkets on the weekends, block parties. Do candidates for local races like city councilmen or state assemblymen, is there still that hand-to-hand combat? Or now do people in local races just rely on the the, the touch point being digital? Well, that is you. You said the critical thing is a lot of folks work less hard than you did because they rely on other modes of communication. But the fact is, it still takes that same schedule to win. Social media hasn't changed. I don't believe Chuck. Well, Scott, I'll tell you this, and I know you'll agree. Chuck, I'm going to give you 30 seconds. We're going to go to a commercial, and then I'm going to come back to you. So give me a quick soundbite, and then we'll jump. Direct voter contact. Direct voter contact. We want to talk to voters. We want them to hear our message. The best, the best person to make that contact is the candidate, period. When the candidate is in someone's living room, when the candidate is at a subway stop, at a front door, at a grocery store, nothing is better. I still believe, and I tell every candidate with whom I work, if you work harder than the opponent, you will win. You All right, Chuck, we're going we're gonna to come right back with Chuck Deese and Scott Levinson. We're going to wrap up the show. And if you want to run for office, you can call me and I'll tell you how to do it. We'll be right back. Freehold Mitsubishi in Freehold Township, New Jersey, is proud to be an automotive leader in our area and sponsor of the Arthur Idala Power Hour. Driving ambition for 40 years in the United States, Mitsubishi Motors sees the automotive industry differently. Mitsubishi challenges convention with innovative approaches in the way Mitsubishi engineers and builds their vehicles. Just look at the all-new redesigned 2022 Mitsubishi Outlander, now in stock in all trim levels and all with the flexibility of third-row seating. Visit Freehold Mitsubishi today. FreeholdMitsubishi.com or call 732-863-2. Hi, this is Judge Kamins, a partner at Idala Bertuna and Kamins, and where Arthur Idala of the Arthur Idala Power Hour works at his 24-7 day job. 
In 2014, I retired from the bench to join ABK, which is a full-service preeminent boutique firm that has been helping New Yorkers when legal problems arise. ABK is uniquely qualified to assist New Yorkers who have a wide range of legal problems, from personal injury claims and civil litigation to criminal defense and trusts and estates. I personally work on appellate matters, attorney disciplinary matters, and complex legal issues with a dedicated group of attorneys who provide a team approach to each case. There is no legal problem too big or small for this talented and hardworking legal team. So when you think of the Idala Power Hour, also keep in mind ABK, the power legal firm. What began with hundreds of people in 2002 is one of the top 5K events in America today, with about 30,000 people taking part each year on the last Sunday in September. It's the Tunnel to Towers Foundation 5K Run and Walk New York City event. That signature event has inspired about 80 other runs, walks, and climbs across our nation, like the annual 5K Run and Walk event in Hendersonville, Tennessee. That community means a lot to the foundation. Hendersonville Police Master Patrol Officer Spencer Bristol joined the department after serving in the United States Navy. After Officer Bristol's tragic death in the line of duty, Tunnel to Towers paid off the mortgage on his family's home. Register for an event in your area, volunteer to start one, and join Tunnel to Towers on its mission to do good and never forget. Donate, please, $11 a month at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, and T.org. Now that I've got your attention, let me tell you all about us. Whoa, tough crowd. Anybody out there? Hello, anyone? Fighting to be heard in today's competitive digital world? It's time for Salem Surround. Let us handle everything and get your message seen and heard. Let's turn up the volume on your business with Salem Surround. For more information, go to surroundnewyork.com. That's surroundnewyork.com. Kevin McCullough is next on AM 970, The Answer. Another turning point, a fork stuck in the road. Time grabs you by the rest, directs you where to go. So make the best of this test and don't ask why. It's not a question, but a lesson learned in time. It's something unpredictable, but in the end is right. I hope you had the time of your life. Well, this is Arthur Idala with Scott Levinson of the Advanced Group and Chuck Thies, um, the two guys who ran my campaign 25 years ago for city council. And I did have the time of my life. <clears throat> we had a blast. Even on election night when I, we came up 108 votes short, we had a blast. Um, those guys did the recount uh, that made sure that we actually lost. And then uh, there was one afternoon weeks later where in the middle of the day, Chuck and I had nothing to do. I think we, f- we found a bottle in my, grand- my deceased grandfather's house of old granddad that was, <laughs> that was 101 proof. It had been there forever. And we drank in the middle of the day and... Uh, between between uh, Mike Beauvais and Angelo Cella, I became friends with Frank Santo, who was the former district leader. And I go, come on, Chuck, we're going to see Frank Santo. I'm going to ask him for a, 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 an office in his in his law firm just to set up my shop. Chuck begged me not to go in, 
because we were a little under the weather. But we went in, and uh, I, I was in that office today, 25 years later, with Billy, his son. Uncle Frank left us nine years ago yesterday. Um, but Chuck and Scott, Chuck still remains my closest friend from from high from college. Scott and and the two of them together now have run hundreds of campaigns separately and together. Chuck, that was your first campaign, correct? I dollar for city council. Yeah, I'd done a little, a couple of things uh, prior to that, but that was my first management. I want to, I want to touch base on that moment though when you went into Frank Santos' office because his daughter Jen was in the office and I was out front. Um, because I was the only one of the two of us that was capable of operating an automobile. And she stepped out while you were inside talking to her father. And she said to me, I think this is going well, but tell Arthur never to come back in that condition. (laughs) Yeah. Well, listen, 25 years later, I was there this morning meeting with a client and his father and Marianne sits right next to me. And when you think about all of it, what, what does it come back to is that Padre Lou was right. Uh, on that night, I didn't lose the election. I won. Um, truth be told, both of you, we would have gotten our butt kicked by Marty Golden, who was overly financed and was so dug into that community. Um, and we, ne- we none of us ruined our name. We didn't ruin any relationships. I saw Joanne Seminara a couple of weeks ago, and we were very friendly and cordial to each other. So I want to thank both of you for, number one, all of your efforts 25 years ago, and more importantly, your friendship over the past 25 years. Well, thank you, Arthur. The race of a lifetime. <laughs> Charlie, you owe me a visit up here. You know, oh, Chuck's already been on the the power hour when I w- went and visited D.C. Um, we ran out of time for Padre Lou's libation. We'll, we'll bust it out next week. Um, I hope all of you got through this week, this first week back from summer. It's supposed to be a beautiful weekend. We're going to Sesame Place with little Arthur and Ariana and tomorrow. And I told Luca he's got to come to go on all the crazy rides with, uh, with, with his brother. But tonight I'm taking Luca to go see, um, Dear Evan Hansen as it leaves Broadway. Cause I think it's a great, great show, especially when you're in school. And, um, I don't know. I, I, 25 years later, I, could, I remember exactly where we were and what we were doing right now. 25 years ago, 7 p.m., I was still hitting subway stations, subway stops. I thought we were going to win. We came up short, but boy, what a life, what a, what a ride of a lifetime. So for everyone who worked on Idola 97, thanks so much. And um, I don't know. Is there another run in us? I don't know. Politics has gotten a little ugly, but we got 160000 in the bank at a campaign account, Levinson and Thies. Have a great weekend, everybody. See you later. The preceding program sponsored by Freehold Mitsubishi. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.